Hey there, gang. Welcome back to Meddling Kids Podcast, where we cover all things scary and weird for listeners near and far. My name is Bree. And my name is Cord. We're roommates who met on Twitter during a pandemic and began... That was a different <laughs> one today. I like that. A little bit of... A little tune. I gotta switch it up every now and then. <laughs> Our mutual interest for true crime and all things spooky and kooky have brought us together to create this podcast, whose name is heavily inspired by our favorite cartoon growing up. We would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you meddling kids! After our little month-long Christmas hiatus, we've decided to come back from our break with a local Newfoundland case that remains unsolved to this day. This was a very highly requested mm-hmm. case. Well, I think our second most requested case by far um this is a case that i'm sure a lot of newfoundlanders and labradorians are familiar with as it only happened a few years ago um our usual disclaimer we do not mean any disrespect to anyone involved in this case we gather information online and compile it into one video for educational purposes that being said let's get into it meddling kids podcast season two episode five The Disappearance of Jennifer Hilliard Penny. Jennifer Hilliard was a 38-year-old woman who lived in St. Anthony, Newfoundland. She grew up in a small town of St. Lunaire Grigget. I think (laughs) Grigget. I'm pretty sure I have a friend from there, actually. I barely know how to speak English, let alone French. Well, it's located on the northern peninsula of Newfoundland, so it's... Pretty far away from us. Mm. She had six siblings, and some of their names were Glenn and Gary and Yvonne. She had a wonderful childhood that was filled with love and She was very close. Yeah, they they were all very, very much family-oriented. When she was in high school, she met Dean Penny. They had their first daughter when she was only 17 years old, and they named her Marina. Who is a baddie. Yeah, we love Marina. Marina, if you're listening... Yeah, we love you, girl. We love you so much. They married when she was 21, and shortly after that, they had their second daughter, Dina. Dean was a local fisherman, and Jennifer was working at the hospital. I don't know. Was she a nurse? I, I, like, I assume so. Yeah. Maybe a technician? I don't I'm not know. sure. Well, she worked at the hospital. Jennifer and her daughters were super close, and they spent lots of time together. They liked to go out shopping in their free time with each other and hang out, and they... They told each other a lot of things. Like you and your mom. Yeah. And me and my mom. She was just, she was very close mm-hmm. with her daughters. Jennifer had a great sense of humor and she could get along with everyone and had no enemies. No one had any negative comments about her. Like literally everyone loved her. Yeah. That, that's been in a lot of reports mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, in September 2016, Jennifer's mother sadly passed away, which was super hard on her. And this was one of the many things she had to deal with, almost basically in silence, because she just, like, didn't want to burden anyone. She was so happy-go-lucky all the time. That's so sad. After 17 years of marriage with Dean, Jennifer was ready for a divorce. Her oldest daughter, Marina, said it had been very obvious for years that Jennifer was no longer in love with Dean, and she was very unhappy. Jennifer wanted to experience more, and she wanted to leave St. Anthony behind. In November of 2016, she told Dean that she wanted a divorce, and she began meeting with a lawyer. Jennifer moved back in with her father, Alan Hillier, and he also lived in St. Anthony, I think. 
At this time, Marina had moved out of St. Anthony and was living in Clarenville and working two jobs, but Dina still lived with Dean in St. Anthony at the family home. On November 16th, she removed Dean from her insurance policy as a beneficiary, and only Marina and Dina were left on the, the insurance policy. Smart. Very smart. Uh, Dean promised he would fix things that and that Jennifer belonged with him and her daughter, whether she loved him or not, that she belonged there at that house with the two of them. Things quickly changed from Dean wanting to fix things to him accusing her of cheating and also sending threats. He was saying that the lawyer that she was texting was someone she was having an affair with. Yeah. She was literally doing legal, taking legal actions yeah. for a divorce. Mm -hmm. And there was also... Um, Another man in the town who had just gone through a divorce mm -hmm. who she was, like, speaking with for advice. Mm -hmm. And he had seen messages between those two and was like, you're cheating on me with him. But, like, her whole family, even her closest friends, say it was just for advice and, like, But she was divorcing him. How would she be cheating right? on him anyways? Like... According to text, Dean told Jennifer that he knew she was cheating and that he would get rid of her and no one would find her. And Jennifer was 100% sure that he was capable of doing that to her. He was stalking her and would drive by her work every day to see if she was there. Jennifer was so afraid that her and her friends created a safety plan where someone would be in contact with Jennifer every 30 minutes. And this was mainly done by her friend Gina. Okay. She would tell them when she would leave work, when she would leave home to go to work, and when she was leaving home to run errands, et cetera. Anytime she left the house, anytime she went anywhere, she texted her yeah. friends to let them know where she was at all times. She was scared and she wanted out as soon as possible. And so she had finally had an interview set up at a police station in Glovertown, which was about eight hours away from St. Anthony, close to where Marina was living at the time. I guess she was probably a receptionist. She must have been, or because, like a yeah, yeah. front desk, something like that, because or like filing or something like that. She, yeah, she had like a front desk job with the. That's up. that's the only way mm -hmm. for I guess. So as soon as this was set up, Dean suddenly needed help from Jennifer. Mm -hmm. He suddenly needed her to be there. So Dean had a hunting trip suddenly, coincidentally, set up for a week at his cabin, which was forty-five minutes away from St. Anthony, and. Asked Jennifer if she could help him. <laughs> so Dina was only 15 at the time, and she needed someone to stay at the house with her. Um, and she didn't want to go to Gloverton with Jennifer, so Jennifer had to stay at Dean's house to look after Dina. Yeah. <laughs> so confusing. To look after Dina while he was gone on his week-long hunting trip. Um, she just wanted to be, you know, she didn't want to leave her hometown. She wanted to hang out with her friends, stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, normal high school yeah. stuff, she, right? Well, she was like 15 at this point, too, yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, she was 15. So, she, Jennifer told her friends that she did not trust Dean, and being at the house made her way too accessible to him. She told her friends that she was worried that he was going to come back to the house and come after her at the middle of the night. But... But that being said, she did agree to watch her child because you know, she loves her child. Yeah, it's her daughter. 
but she did want to spend as little time as possible in the house. So she would go to work early. She would get off work at 4.30, go to her father's house where she was living, have supper, and then go back to the family home and be with Dina. And did this for maybe four days. Yeah. So she literally only went to the house like... At like when night, she needed to be there for like the nighttime, yeah. so that Dina wasn't home alone, like in the evenings. Mm-hmm. So on um, at six p.m. on November thirtieth, two thousand sixteen, Jennifer and her sister Yvonne ate dinner at their father's house. After supper, Jennifer gave Yvonne a ride home, a ride to the hospital in Saint Anthony for a doctor's appointment. Jennifer had told Yvonne she planned on heading to Dean's house to lie down and relax because she had a headache. During the ride to the hospital, Dean called Jennifer and asked where she was. And it was not so much of just, like, him asking where she was. Like, he was pissed. He was like, are you coming home? Yeah. When are, are you, you going to come Are you home? coming home now? Like, or, like, I need you to be here now. He was just being really aggressive. He was like, like, if you're, like tell me right now if you're yeah, coming home right he now. He was pissed. At 8 p.m., she arrived home to Dean's house ran a bath, and texted Dina to tell her she was going to bed because she had a headache. The next morning, Jennifer was planning on leaving Dean's house and heading directly to work from there. At 9.30 p.m. on the 30th, Dina had arrived home a little bit late for her curfew, and she didn't bother to check on her mother. She didn't want to get in trouble, Mm -hmm. and she just assumed that Jennifer was asleep in bed anyway, so she didn't want to, you know, wake her up, get herself in trouble, and have her mom waking up at the same time. Once Dina was home, she saw that her father had returned to the house where he told her that she he was picking up some of his decoy ducks that he had forgotten in the garage, which is very strange. Like Jennifer's brother says, if you are a hunter, experienced hunter, experienced hunter, you know to take what you need with you on your week-long hunting trip, and wouldn't the decoys be one of the first things you packed? Yeah, like I don't know anything about hunting, but like like, they put the little decoy yeah. ducks in, like, the water to attract the yeah, ducks. Yeah, like, that's something it's you one wouldn't of the, forget. like, most important things you need for duck hunting. Ugh. Ugh, so fucked up. So, after this, Dean and Dina said goodnight to each other, and Dina snuck into her bedroom quietly so she didn't wake up her mother. Mm-hmm. At 7 a.m. on December 1st, 2016, Jennifer's phone alarm went off, waking up Dina. As the alarm continued to ring, Dina went into her Dina went into her mother's room to see why it was still going off and why she wasn't waking up. But Dina found absolutely no sign of Jennifer anywhere in the house. Her phone, coat, and purse were still in the room. Her car was still in the driveway, and the bathtub was still full of water. That really freaks me out. Yeah, that is very eerie. Dina was very concerned, so she called her grandmother and her father, who came straight to the house. Her uncle Glenn, Jennifer's brother, who's a king, also stopped by, and that's when he discovered the keys were still left in the ignition of Jennifer's car. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That's actually freaky. They did say though that when I was watching something, oh, that people used to leave their keys in the ignition. People of would cars. do that and say not not anymore. People no. don't do it anymore because there's been four missing persons cases in Saint Anthony, but most of them were ruled as misadventure. Yeah, but. No one's been found. No bodies. No one's been found. And they said Jennifer's disappearance was different. Yeah. But the key in the ignition thing was something that... Yeah, and they locked. They didn't lock their yes. doors and they went for walks. And if nights. you're not from Newfoundland or small towns in Newfoundland, you probably would be like, what the fuck? But, like, it's a thing. Yeah. Everyone is just too St. John's, we lock all the doors. We got a yeah, full security system in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Excuse another, 
<laughs> quite on set. Another creepy thing, too, is that St. Anthony is actually, actually, sorry, the patron of the lost, so... Remember yeah. when we, if we lose something, we, we pray to St. Anthony. Yeah, we do. Always. We're walking around the house. We're like, dear St. Anthony, please come around. Something's lost and can't be found. Another thing you should know about St. Anthony is there is cliffs and water everywhere. Yeah. It's a fishing village. Yeah. And woods. I mean, like anywhere. But the cliffs, just keep the cliffs and waters and tides and stuff in mind. Thank yeah. you. Visual. Go Google it. Yeah. Okay. Where were we? Uh, an ignition okay. of her. Jennifer was officially reported as a missing person to the RCMP later that day. When the RCMP first got involved, they didn't believe that there was any foul play. As most missing persons cases, the first thing they assume is that the person left on their own and took off or commit suicide. Um, this is also just another family who was failed by the RCMP and the justice system here. Well, truly. We'll get into that. God. Ooh. We'll get into that. Don't even... Ooh. Anyways, even after speaking with her friends and family who said she would never do something like that, the police were st- the police still believed that Jennifer left on her own terms. Like, her friends reassured the police that she loved her kids, mm-hmm. she loved her family, she would never do that. Mm-hmm. And her brother and her one of her best friends said she wouldn't just go like no. do away with herself. No. Like, she loved her family too much to do that to them. Her daughter Marina initially, like, when she very... Like, when she first heard that Jennifer was missing, she she just thought she was gone to a friend's house mm-hmm. or, you know, she didn't think Jennifer would leave without telling someone. Shirley Marino was probably in denial. Like, right, you, you know, someone tells you your mother's missing. You're like, right. no, she's not. Like, she's literally, you know, she's probably just mm-hmm. down the road, right? Um, she was probably shocked at what was happening as her and her mother were so close. Yeah. Just best friends. So sad. Jennifer's, um, Jennifer's family and friends started to put missing... Person's flyers up all over St. Anthony, and which her friend Gina still does to this day and goes out and replaces mm-hmm. them every time yeah. they serve to wither from weather. Which it's so amazing to have a friend group and mm-hmm. like family and people who are yeah. still fighting for you when it seems as though like yeah. all hope's been lost. So keep on keeping on, y'all. There's actually every time I go to the mall in Lab West in Lab City, there's still a missing persons poster of her up there that has never taken been taken down it's been up there ever since keep it up the rcmp conducted numerous land and sea searches during this time and there was also help from the local chapter of the canadian rangers and rescue team from roddickton which is in newfoundland whose volunteers knew the area well on december 2nd and 3rd of 2016 investigators searched the town with a sniffer dog from the canine unit but unfortunately the dog did not pick up any of jennifer's scents beyond the house Local residents were asked to search their properties and report anything out of place or suspicious. On the fifth day of searching, a helicopter got involved but failed to find Jennifer. Oh, by the way, Dean did not help search for Jennifer during any of this time. On December 7th, 2016, seven days after Jennifer's disappearance, the RCMP finally changed the status of her investigation. Which was, you know what? Suspicious. Too late. You already had people in and out of the house. Like... This resulted, <laughs> I'm, I can't with this, like the RCMP actually really pisses me off in this case. Anyways, this resulted in her and Dean's home finally being locked down and forensic team was finally brought in where they found no signs of a struggle or suspicious activity. Oh, I wonder after a week, what would they find? I don't know why it took so long. Oh my God. Seven days is a long time to be fucking around with a potential crime scene. 
um, which was said to have had at least 100 people who have came in and out of the house during that time. And if anything, in small towns, if something bad happens, the whole town yes. is coming to the house to make sure you're okay. There's only, like, how many people live there? <gasps> like, a couple 2, thousand? thousand, I think they said. Not many. Obviously, this scene was extremely contaminated, and nothing could have been found as evidence. <laughs> I think the common housefly could have told you that. Early on in the investigation, Jennifer's mother-in-law, Ruby, who was Dean's mother, offered a $25,000 reward for information on Jennifer's disappearance. She even went to make a public statement that her son had nothing to do with the disappearance. Mm. Which, you know, it's your own flesh and blood. You're, gonna, you're not going to want to think that they did anything wrong. Anyways, Dean's mother was hopeful that Jennifer just ran off, as she didn't think she could handle if Jennifer were dead. In October 2017, the RCMP's major crime unit from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, visited St. Anthony to do some additional questioning in this case. However, they have not revealed any information regarding this because there was, what, a publication ban. Yes, and we will see why. <laughs> there was actually an episode of The Fifth Estate, CBC's investigation news show that covered Jennifer's case in a two-part episode, which... It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. Very, very good. You guys oh should check gosh, it out. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's it a good It gives you one. a lot of insight on yeah. what it happened. It shows uh, reporter Mark Kelly interviewing some of Jennifer's friends and family, including a short clip of him interviewing Dean, which was actually filmed in stealth mode, where Dean is at his house and the cameraman is in the vehicle and stealth. Yeah, and then Dean catches him and says, can't be recording here, buddy. <laughs> I can't with the Newfie lingo. And he, did you notice how many times he said right? Yes. Oh, my oh, God. Even right? when they were reading the text. From He's right sneaky, right cocky. Yeah. Anyways, as a result of this investigation and the urging of the RCMP and, and Dean's lawyer, the Supreme Court of Newfoundland and Labrador granted a publication ban on the case, which prevents the media from releasing the names of anyone the RCMP has had has or had identified as being involved in Jennifer's disappearance. Hmm, what a coincidence. How strange. After the Fifth Estate episode aired, the RCMP in St. John's contacted uh, Jennifer's family and let them know that the case is still a priority for the major crimes unit. Which is really strange because RCMP, I would really love to know what you've done in this case Thus far. They can't tell us. There's a publication ban. Well, I don't think you've done jack shit, actually. That's what I'd like to say. I love, um, there's actually a couple, uh, there's an interview that's a couple minutes long of Marina uh, on YouTube. She is just so mad, as she should be. Uh, yeah, as you would be. And she talks about, like, the RCMP and stuff, and she's just so, she's just over it. She just wants her mom. She just wants her mom found. Dean's lawyer has told him not to make any public statements about Jennifer's disappearance, and while he does know that others around him consider him a suspect, he denies any involvement in Jennifer's disappearance. He claimed that he was down hunting at the cabin in Northwest Arm the entire week, but then admitted on the Fifth Estate that he did come back to get his duck decoys. So After he said he wasn't there at all. Yeah. So, what is it, Dean? His lawyer fucking hates him for sure. <laughs> his lawyer's like, dude. He's like, Dean. Shut the fuck up. Dean claims Jennifer was texting another man the night she went missing, but people have questioned whether Dean's assumption to the affair could be why he himself had texted her the night she had went missing. 
Jennifer's friends have also questioned why Dean hadn't initially brought the duck decoys to the cabin with him as he was an experienced hunter. The RCMP have not commented publicly on whether they consider Dean as a person of interest in this case, but they have searched his home and his truck and his cabin. Marina has also shared her own doubts regarding her father, and she says she hasn't ruled anything out as him being involved in her mother's disappearance. In 2018, Marina asked her father to take a lie, lie detector test or else risk never seeing her again, in which he declined for, to take one on the advice of who? His lawyer. Yeah. And as of last year, I think Marina said she hasn't spoken to her father in like two years. years. So, she, I mean, we don't know if she's talked to him since. There hasn't been. I haven't seen an update. Um, I haven't either. But, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, to this day, this case remains unsolved. Yeah, it is. It's, like, really sad. As two people who are, like, were super close with our moms. Mm -hmm. And, like. And Dina so young and just being there, like, when it. You know, when it all happened, like, imagine the guilt that she feels. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but don't feel guilty, queen. Like, you were a child, like, yeah, literally, literally a child. 15. Like, we don't know who did it. We can't, you know, obviously, there's lots of evidence. Like, there's lots of circumstantial evidence here. But there's no DNA evidence, which is whatever. I wonder comes why. Down. I but, wonder why there's no DNA evidence, though. But that's what everything maybe comes to, down to. Maybe because the RCMP failed yet another Canadian family, Newfoundland family, another family who lost a loved one. Sounds really familiar. Every case we cover, basically, God. every unsolved case, it's always, it's always the same shit. Like you need DNA evidence to, like circumstantial doesn't do much. No, you need DNA evidence, hard evidence. Exactly. To lock someone up. To catch the perp. It's just like, are you dumb? What makes you think, after a week, hmm, maybe we should check the house. That's have multiple people in and out. No idea. Like, I, I don't know. And it took them months for them to ask for her passwords and stuff from her friends. What was even going on for a week? Like, what was going on? I just pictured the cops, like, like, you know, in like a movie when there's like one town cop? Yeah, and he's running around doing everything? Yeah. I feel like that one town cop in those movies could get more done in this case than these fuckers. I feel so bad for her friends and stuff. Like, they just want, at this point, I, like, most of them have accepted that she's not alive. Mm -hmm. And they just want, they just want to find her so they can just put her to rest. Right. So they can have that closure. Because they don't have that right now. Unfortunately, with, like, cases like this, when, like, the water comes into play with mm -hmm. it all, especially in this community. Yeah. It is very, very, very difficult, and the chances are slim to none of ever finding that person. I just, it blows my mind. Like, the bathtub was still ran. That that really, I don't, out of everything, I don't know why that little piece, but it makes She obviously really never got uneasy. in the tub. Because you, if you were getting out of the tub, you would drain the tub. You know what I mean? Right. So she probably never got in the tub to begin with. Mm -hmm. She probably came home, ran the tub, and then someone took her. Like, she clearly... There was no sign of a struggle, so I don't... She probably so wasn't. It, there was no sign of a struggle, so it must have been someone she knew or someone who knew the house. All of her stuff was left there. Like, how is it not suspicious that all of her stuff was left there? I don't understand. I'll tell you what I think. Are we allowed to say this? I don't know, but I'm going to say it anyways, because it's not like the cops are ever going to find me. Uh, debatable. <laughs> I don't think... Can we say this? I feel like we... Do this disclaimer right now. Okay, I'm, I'm going like, to do a disclaimer. This is your personal theory. Okay. 
these are this is my personal theory. Disclaimer. Be really careful yeah. with your words. This is just my own thoughts and conspiracies and what I think. Nothing I'm saying is concrete or factual. It's just my own thoughts. You're not accusing anyone. I'm not accusing anyone and I won't even say names. Or genders. Or genders. But I think someone came into the house that night. Mm Mm-hmm. To Jennifer. That is the name I'll say. Okay. Somehow got her out of the house. Maybe said, let's talk. Outside. Let's go for a drive. Yeah, let's go for a drive. Let's talk. Let's go down by the water. Have a chat. Hey, you're not feeling well? Get some fresh air. Let's go down by the water. Have a chat. He was, what? A fisherman. What do fishermen know? How the water works. What takes away the water? The tide. Did they search his boat? No, they never. Does he have a boat? I don't know. It just seems so weird. It's just so bizarre. Like, how is there no evidence at all? Obviously, he didn't bludgeon her to death in the house. No. Or whoever killed her or took her. Whatever happened to her. There was no blood in the house. There was no DNA of that stuff. So no sign of a struggle. So whatever happened didn't happen in the house. But here's what. Here's what. Here's what. Here's what. You know, after a week, you can really clean up a struggle in a house. But they determined... When they got there that night? I actually don't fucking know. I actually do not know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Like, I know that they said it wasn't suspicious at first, so they weren't taking it seriously. They weren't taking it seriously at first because they didn't care at first. They said, oh, God, it's just another small town thing. Like, she's probably at her friend's house. She's probably going to show up. She probably ran away. Oh, it's a woman. She ran away. She killed herself. Oh, but then after a week... Who lit that fire under your ass after a week? Yeah, like, I'd love to know what happened. I guess because it's, the forensics team is here, and St. Anthony is across the island. God forbid it takes a fucking day to get there. They waited seven. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Fishermen know a lot about water. That's all I'm going to say. That's a good, that's a pretty good theory. That's all I'm going to say. I think. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm just would love to know what the RCMP knows that they can't talk about because of the publication ban. Obviously, it's still under investigation. Okay, well, if it's still under investigation, let's get things done. I, I don't. Maybe there's an undercover thing happening that could take a long time. Oh, Jesus, they're going to go undercover in a small town where everyone knows each other? You never know. These, ta- these things take a long time. You know, undercover, like... What's the word I'm looking for? They Operations. Build friendships and everything. I they know. do, and they they get in there for like a long time, a couple years sometimes. No, I was part of one myself. I was not because everyone knows who I am. I'm on I'm undercover right now. You might want to cut that part out. Um as a famous TikToker. When do you start? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started. I was just joking. <laughs> you bitch. Um, anyways, um, at this point, I'm going to literally plead to the public and just, like, please, if you know anything about the whereabouts or anything 
at all, please, please, please tell the useless RCMP so they can fucking find someone to do something about it. Like, please, like, just for the sake of her family and her friends, just, she needs some justice, girl. And we just hope that you get some closure. Yeah, we wish you all the best. We wish that whole family all the best. Like, if I could... Uncle Glenn. Uncle Glenn King loves ya. And Yvonne. And Yvonne. And Gary. If I could hug a whole family, I... This would be yeah. the family. Yeah. Please, if any of you see this, I would love to send you an edible arrangement. Please tell me what you like your strawberries to be covered in. I'm being serious. I would like to do something for them. They are good people. You can tell by the interviews on the Fifth Estate that you could just tell that they're good people. Just the way they spoke about her, too. Like, mm-hmm. they all loved her so much. Yeah. And you can tell how much everyone loved her mm-hmm. and how much love she created as mm-hmm. well. Like I said, if you know anything, please tell someone. Please tell someone. Imagine how good it would feel to get that off your chest. Yeah, after all these years of denying it. And that psychic that they brought on the Fifth Estate didn't do a fucking thing. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't think he was a psychic. I think he was just trying to get a little... A little what? Well, fame. Well, he didn't get it in a good way. Anyways, I'll wrap this case up there now. Just wanted to talk about that. I feel like that's an important case to cover because it's... And it's something that needs to stay in the media. It needs to stay mm-hmm. in the media. But, yeah, it's... Um, I'm, I'm glad we covered this case. Mm-hmm. It was something that was always in the back of my mind. Like, there was something I wanted to cover from the very beginning ever mm-hmm. since I heard about it. Because I remember following along with it when it first happened. And I remember watching the episode on the Fifth Estate when it came out a couple years ago with my mom. And I was like can't believe that this happened still. It's gotten a pretty a nice bit of amount of media coverage, mm-hmm. which is really good. They Every year they do something, I think, in uh, memory of Jennifer. But yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for this case today. For our next episode, we are going to split up, uh, do something a little lighthearted. We're splitting up. We're, this is our last episode. Shut up. <laughs> we, uh, we do want to do something that's a little less... Just for our own sake, for our own mental health as well. We want to do something a little more lighthearted and, you know, have a fun episode every now and then. So we're not sure what we're going to do yet. If you have suggestions on yeah. urban legends or just things you've heard of and you want us to look into it, just send us a message. Let us know. Mm-hmm. And, and also, if you like our shirts, these are going to be they're going to be dropped soon. I'm waiting for a heat press, so actually yeah. by the time that this comes out, I will have a heat press, so these will be coming out soon, and oh guys, also some good news to end this podcast off, I'm expecting a dog, <laughs> I'm not actually pregnant, God no, God no, <laughs> I'm, getting a, I'm getting a new nephew, I went up to Beagle Paws in a very um, shaken mental state, <laughs> You're so dramatic. <laughs> dramatic? You were in a shaken state up there? Yes, girl. Oh, I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, some of you may know I did lose my doggy, but we, this too shall pass. I'm this, trying my best. This so, is our first episode without Nikki snoring in the background, so it was a bit different. Yeah, kind it's of sad. Sucks. It's a sad day, but we're excited for our new addition to our family. Auntie's boy. Yeah, I'm getting a little male pup. He's two years old. His name is Jackson. He literally looks just like Nikki. Mm-hmm. And he walks like her and acts like her and everything. So and Juno I think and Juno's fate. Juno and Jonesy told me that they wanted a boy cousin. So they're really Did excited. They? Oh, my yeah. God. I didn't even hear them say that. Yeah, they told me. 
in my dreams. <laughs> so, yeah, um, a lot going on in this episode. Merch, dogs, and the episode itself. Um, we hope what we we hope we did this in a respectful way yeah, for we you, never, Je- for Jennifer, yeah, and her family. Like we never ever want to um, be disrespectful, which we we're not trying. If we are, we're not trying. We especially with the local cases, we tried really hard to be. It's really scary doing local cases because with us, when we get uncomfortable about things, we laugh. Yeah. And I think so, I don't think we were joking around and laughing in this episode. Because not this like one, this actually like really hurt my soul. Yeah, we uh, yeah we really try to just especially with local cases because it's such a small province. Everyone knows everyone. We even had her family members even message us on Instagram mm-hmm. before we even recorded this, and said that they were glad that we're covering this case. So this we, I've uh, actually cried so many times over this case. And I feel like crying again. Yeah, just because. I love my mom, and I literally cannot imagine. Oh my god, I'm tearing up. I literally could not imagine her, like, vanishing. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they've been so strong. So, like, power to you guys. Oh my god, help! I'm leaking. Ugh. Hey Ugh. There. You're okay, Queen. Eee! I need Pepsi now. <laughs> But yeah, we really hope we we did Jennifer justice in this episode, and uh, we we hope that you guys continue to support us. And yeah, thank we you so much you. for watching, listening. Check us out on YouTube, Meddling Kids Podcast. Yeah, just to see our pretty faces. <laughs> um, yeah, and we're also on all streaming platforms for podcasts. Do most streaming platforms. Yeah, most. Well, mostly Spotify and Apple is where most people yeah. go to. I think Spotify has a video option now, so I might try that out this week. Sick. So. But Anyways. yeah, to get more into the merch, because we kind of just kind of like frisbeed that at you guys. Um, so we're waiting for the heat press. Yep. And then we're going to make the website. Ooh, website. Ah, crazy. And we're going to sell it all on the website. The keychains, stickers, the pens, these shirts. And if you guys like the shirts, we might we might dabble in crewnecks. Beanies. See, we might do some fun stickers with some quotes that say, instant best That's friends. Right. Yeah, y'all love when I say that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's a good one. <laughs> All right, let's head it over to Bree now. End it off. All right. We'll be tagging. sweaty so are mine i was really nervous with this episode like i'm sweating like a piggy oh ow my hips